0: Welcome to into theology, where we always meet exactly when we intend to, and yep. we're basically like Gandalf the Wizard. We always arrive when we want to. Um, we're
1: that's actually good. I like that. I yeah. from now on, I hate being late. Hate being late. But if I am late, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And we're looking at questions
0: twenty-seven to twenty-nine of the Summa, which are basically questions. Really, it's about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, but the language of that is is covered by the language of processions, relations, and persons, which in essence you kind of see are the same thing with with some nuance here and there. But uh, you were mentioning that where we're getting now into this book is there's a bit of a transition happening. Do you want to like summarize that in terms of the the oneness to plurality stuff? No, I don't good. cool. Alrighty then. <laughs>
1: No, I, this is, as I was saying before we started to record, like I'm all fired up for this. Like, not, I, I will admit, I'm um, all revved
0: my, up and ready to go. This the
1: best. Into in the backseat. Recording the last couple podcasts. And uh, some of this stuff was a bit of an intellectual slog, that's for sure. And uh, moving, you know, because that, like, and that's going to be the nature of the case when it comes to, um, you know, when you're mm-hmm. thinking what can be known by way of reason, because you just have to have all these categories that are, you know, reason oriented categories right. that, Thomas is going to be drawn from primarily from Aristotle. So like understanding like Aristotelian logic and all that stuff. And man, if your head's just not working right, that's, that's hard to keep straight. And so it might be
0: like, just if you could, maybe one thing you said that might be useful just to quickly expand on is Aristotle is kind of like the language of science. And so when he's drawn on Aristotle, it's like he's using words to explain what something is yeah. that are contemporary and acceptable, like words like gravity are today or, or the soul I just like it's it's normal science talk for in his day. Yeah. And so that's why he's drawing them because it's it's the language of the day. You can't talk about a uh, black hole. If you're an astrophysicist, you have to talk about
1: black holes, right? Right. Yeah, it's just cause that's the lingua franca. Um yeah, so he's doing that. And it's interesting because he's doing it. I mean, for, for Aquinas relative to the tradition, there's a lot of uniqueness here, right? Because Nobody's doing this with Aristotle beforehand until you get to like Albert the Great, and so now you know Thomas is doing it. So there's there's some unique things that he's going to do um in terms of like you know did Deo Uno or the oneness of God, what can be known from reason, how reason corresponds to Scripture and Revelation, things like that. Now we're ma- making this move to the threeness of God, and um you know in question twenty roughly you know Summa what is it uh first part um, questions twenty seven to forty three. Right. Is, what is what you're going to deal with, uh, with the person of, of the trinity, the, the, the persons of the trinity and those sorts of things. Then it moves into creation afterwards. And so, sorry,
0: you also mentioned, I think something insightful about how Aquinas has to transition from philosophical categories to, yeah. to biblical language now.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going. So like, yeah, he's moving that. So you can kind of see, although even in these three questions that we looked at, He's still using all the Aristotelian like language of genera and species and things like that. Um, but now you're seeing, especially like with his um when he's um doing his said contras, <clears throat> that they tend to I could be wrong, this is just how I'm discerning it, tending towards more like authorities that are more on the divine special revelation side. So like using scripture, you see more Aquine or more Augustine, more Boethius here. Um because I sense- too. Yeah, so or at yeah, least he, the
0: Athanasian Creed. Oh, the I can remember.
1: Yeah, well, he has okay. the Creed of Athanasius, but he's also uh, he's he's referencing some of the other creeds. And so what he's doing is he's like moving away from what can be known by With arms Nathan-
0: wide open.
1: Creed. Creed. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> under your shirt and have long maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know who I used to think really, really looked like the singer of Creed? Who's that? Clint. Clint. Oh, dude, I could totally see it. Like, you know, but back in the day, like not not yeah. per se. No, back in the day, they're like they're like the same person.
1: You know who else reminds me? Clint reminds me of is huh. uh, uh, Ken Casey, the bass player from Dropkick Murphys. Oh, at the Google, at the Google, go something. and look at that guy, yeah. man. Totally Clint. So like, like all the way through, like I've always, as long as I've known Clint, I've always thought, oh man, he reminds me of the guy from the from the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> <laughs> Random aside. Sorry, but that was really appreciate, important. Appreciate your ADHD there, first. Oh, yeah. you know? You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, um, so what I was saying is, is it now because we're looking, you know, reason can only tell us so much. Natural knowledge can only tell us so much about God. We can know things about his existence and some of his attributes and things like that from nature. Uh, but then what's happening here in, in terms of the Trinity is that, like, now it can be known from reason. The mystery of the Trinity is now being opened up and we're seeing something of the divine, like, imminent divine life of God. Um, that that reason is has the capacity to receive that but it can't know it unaidedly. And so now we're getting more of the special revelation. We're getting these authorities that are more grounded theologically than they are philosophically.
0: Can I restate what you said with different words in case someone hears it and needs to hear it in a different way? Like different words in English, you mean? Uh, No, it'll be in Latin.
1: Um, Okay. I was hoping for some Mandarin here.
0: You said it really well. I just Sometimes if you hear it two different ways, it's like it can be really helpful because you said there are some things that go beyond human reason, namely the things that the Bible reveals about the Trinity. But it's not opposed to human reason, meaning when you hear it, you can understand it. So in the in in the what is it, contragentes, Aquinas will really clearly explain, while things like Trinity are, you know, not against human reason, and they're very reasonable, you're not yeah. gonna know them apart from revelation. But once you do, it's not like it's in contradiction to the world. It's not like grace and nature are at some sort of so you said it really it well it i just think it, something it, it makes charity.
1: it more reasonable right like exactly. i don't know about you but it's like the effect that these things have on me you know reading thomas and 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 the tradition like this is that it's like oh it's actually made my my current understanding of reality richer deeper it gives a certain like uh uh a, a kind of a if you could put it this way, like a concrete mystery to it, right. you know, not like a weird mystery. You can never know. And you're just like, eh, you know, standing in front of it, like, like a literal, like concrete mystery that actually draws you in because you want to find out more. And so like the whole idea of like grace perfecting nature just really like comes to roost here. I think. It's kind of so, like
0: when people are really into like say Lord of the Rings and have the insider language, they know the history, all the Tolkien yeah. stuff. And you're kind of an outsider and you're like, what's a ring of power and you, you don't feel like you're connected <laughs> But the same thing is true about reality. Most of us are outsiders to the real world, and yeah. you don't feel like you're. You don't feel like you get it. Like everyone's like, "I'm 18. What am I do with my life? Everything's a mysterious. I don't understand. Everything's new." But when you when you reflect on God's creation and use the gifts that He's given, especially through someone who's like Thomas Aquinas, a gift to the, to the church, you can know reality better and become an insider to the real yeah. world. Yeah. And I I just think like sometimes people ask you like why is this practical or what's the point of all this? and that's that's the question of the 20th century right like what does it do? But at one level, what this does to to bounce off of your point is it just helps me to it helps me to, to know that I'm a part of the real world yep. and how I fit into the real world and what its meaning is and what my life's meaning is because I don't I don't um, find myself or create my own meaning. I discover it, by letting the the natural world be what it is and then i conform to it in, the, in the way that i can as uh, an image bearer of god now when i say conform i don't mean to say you can't have any kind of like uh you don't transform the world as well but there's a sense in which i just find the world as it is you know right. well, as god defined cool.
1: it but even that right like can be explained along these sort of same categories where like we want we want to we're always in pursuit of our own perfections right like right. we want right. to become perfected as a human Ooh, and so we're similar. in a sense like it's it's being right. actualized in us right and so like the potentiality is being actualized as we're you know it's like what Aristotle says in it like we all all of us desire all humans desire to know well what is the desire desire is that that's part of the, your will um towards right. that which you know to be good so it's like it's always this movement in terms of improvement and um and so I, I think all that makes sense is we're like, we're, it's almost like stages, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like I, some like when I was getting, I'm teaching a class in philosophical theology right now that I've been totally freaked out about, like for like the last year and a half, as right. long as i have had to teach it. And uh, so I've been doing all this reading, totally freaked out about it. But one of the things that, as I was thinking about this class, and especially at the end of last semester was like, I can't wait to find out what I'm going to learn. Like, I'm like, I'm right. just all this, mm-hmm. I'm just going to learn over the spring. I know it. And it's like, it's happening. And it's like, you feel like you're moving, like there's this real progress, and you can actually right. kind of like trace, like, oh, like this time last year, I, I knew these categories and really understand their significance or how they worked. Now it's like,
0: bing, they just click. Like and I think like, an athlete knows they can track their body's yeah progress and how much stronger, faster you're getting. But we, we then we say, so we say, oh, if you're going to do physical exercise, that's the so that so you get stronger, healthier. But we don't have that category for spirit or soul. Yeah, or we don't usually do, I should say, and but we should. <laughs> well I think the so that is like so that you live. Yeah. can I read to you a um a, a paragraph from Adonis Vidus recent article in Credo Meg. I put oh, it on the I, screen. I
1: literally read that this morning man. That was such a helpful um that was such a helpful article honestly. And I there was a bunch of stuff I just didn't know about his background. So that was really cool but like I liked so much of what he was saying. It was like I was just completely right. resonating. I have a, obviously very different trajectory than him right. is how he's got to this point but it's kind of like this hap sorry Free read. it's like it's happening with like a in a bunch of different circles with different people right. where we're all like kind of coming from these various backgrounds and angles we're all like kind of coming to the same place and it's really neat
0: that's because goodness attracts because it's beautiful and you know it's, so, and it's, it's true and it's true and it's, it's one same, it's all the same yeah. thing i mean i think yeah. of dave the most active man in the world that says there's one thing that i long after and that's to gaze at the beauty of the lord in his temple Amen. i think of ecclesiastes 3 11 where Solomon says, God created, made everything to be beautiful in its own time. Yeah. I think of the woman who anoints Jesus's head in Mark 14, right before he goes to the, is betrayed and goes to the cross. And the one thing that he commends her is on this question, on this, you have done a beautiful thing, kelos to me. Yeah. I think of Jesus in John 12, who is beautiful and at the cross is most beautiful, although physically he's grotesque because he's bloodied and bruised. Spiritually, yeah, I, it's the it's glory like, uh, of the Lord revealed in him. Exactly, yes. Sorry presbyterians. Uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and um but at that moment he says when I when I'm when I'm lifted up I will draw all people to myself. And that's yeah. because goodness is attractive and therefore yeah. it's beautiful. Beauty is attraction, ugliness is repulsion. It's not all physicality. Recently in Canada there's a Simon's ad that said all is beautiful for a woman who is about to to committed maid. You find out right Sometime before that ad, she wrote under her real name that the reason she went for MADE is because she couldn't get healthcare during COVID and said, because I've been failed by her healthcare, I guess MADE is my only healthcare left. Mm -hmm. All this beauty or
1: not? Yeah, because like beauty is a pursuit of life and the good, right? And like to say, this is beautiful while I kill myself and actually take life. And that like killing is always considered to be not good. It's an evil, it's a privation of the good. So like. By definition, that ad makes absolutely no sense. But because is is, why no?
0: Why martyrdom works? So I think of Blendina at 177 and, um, in uh, Lyon, France, or Lugdunum. She's on this this pike, this spike rather, in the in the amphitheater. The crowd of Romans see her as this bloodied, about to die little girl. Christians see her as if she's a, a Christ figure, like representative. But what, what ends up happening, not just through the spike, but through the whole event of, of her of her endurance. Is that those who forsook the faith return and are like rearrested or whatever so what attracted them hmm. so it's goodness or her beauty, but beauty is not as Peter says in the the appearance, but it's on the inner character that she
1: had Absolutely. yeah, you could see through this heinous act the contrast of the evil of the act you can actually see the beauty of her soul
0: which is why I think we need a category you know for ugliness and beauty when it comes to morality because Ugliness repulses. The problem with a with a stained conscience is that you become like a Judas, and you you can. You, you remember the same woman who Jesus says did a beautiful thing to me by anointing his head with a crushed nard, with a crushed um whatever flask of nard. All the disciples complain and say, "You should have you should have used this to feed the poor." Um, they couldn't actually see; they were blinded because they were too earthly minded to be of any heavenly good. Now, um, let me read this thing, because I know we got a sidetrack, but this is what you were saying, but I think in better language than you said. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just teasing you. you. You said it really well. I'm just teasing you, of course. Um, it's been reminding me of this. So so Adonis Vidu says in his kind of conclusion of an article of why he's pursuing classical theology, which is the stuff we're talking about. He says, look, The theological conviction so distrusted by emergence and postmoderns is the energy of knowledge. It is the desire to grasp reality, the natural movement of the intellect towards its perfection in God. It is not mere curiosity, itself a force of the will still in search of an object. Conviction arises not from a mastery of the object, but out of being seized by the Logos dwelling deep within the nature of things. Its logic is not that of mastery, but of submission. Its proof is readiness for martyrdom, sufficient Mm. to die for, deflating all desire to control. Its stance is gratefulness. How sweet the conviction that feels no compulsion to convince others, although it surely desires others to suffer it. Theological assurance is best expressed in the life of the martyr. Epistemic arrogance is unnatural to it. It does not naturally result resolve into epistemic imperialism. It is best exemplified by the martyr, not by the king. <laughs> so which good. is partly why
1: like
0: <laughs> the theology of glory in yeah. Luther is like, it's a big problem, yeah. which is why I, I like some post-millennialism, but some forms of it, sometimes in the, uh, the novel uh, versions that often are called theonomic, I think are so anti what it was just described not, I'm, of course they're gonna be in heaven because i love the lord and that's not my point but they they miss that martyr spirit that conviction that all the things i just read i, I think it's so important it's not it's imperialism
1: hum- it's quite literally like humility by definition is actually the giving of one's being to another yep and that's what the martyr is doing right is like giving up their being for the sake of that's why of...
0: grace is always costly by the way Grace costs something; It can cost you time, it can cost you your life, etc. The cross obviously the whole life, but it always costs you something. Mm. It's always costly to the giver, which is interesting. The I, mean, I think this is pretty interesting too, with with the gift of existence in God. There is a, I mean, this is um not original to me at all, but um essentially the the mode that God that existence is in the world is the love of God. Because the love of God, to, to lo- to the goodness of God, the love of God is, is the self-giving. Love, obviously, in the sacrifice of the cross is the example we know clearest. But even in existence, the love of God is the giving of himself, something of himself. So however you want to explain it, with cause and effect, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't, let's not get into that for a second. But there's a real sense in which the, you know, existence is is nilation. It's, it's the destruction of self. It's the giving of self. Now, you and I know us as parents, because what would you not give for your kids? Like it'd be
1: really oh, easy to give your the life. Other things thing that I do. would give to my kids. Well, yeah, you might <laughs> not give them,
0: yeah, Harold. <laughs> in in the positive sense, it would be
1: <laughs> of goods. Would,
0: if if there was a situation where you actually had to sacrifice your life, it wouldn't even be a question. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like, no, of course. But, but that's because love is, nihil- is is nihilism at the end of the day. It's it's the destruction of self, for you know, essentially. God. Anyways, we should get to the Trinity. By yeah, the way, let's do it,
1: man. This is good. Yeah, uh, we got on like four. But I think what's grills. happened, though, I mean, we were talking about like what we're, you know, before we were recorded and I think it kind of primed the pump a little bit. I think we're right kind of here. So and it's been, it's been funny too, because I've been taking my students in this philosophical theology class through Thomas's uh, on being in essence, which is it's small, but man, really not, easy read. Yeah. But it's been cool because it's like, it's really like having to slow down. Like I've, I've now read it in like three different translations over the last like three, four months reading commentaries on all this stuff. But like, man, when you actually have to sit down and now try to explain it to people that don't have a clue, you know, like, because they're not, they've just not been reading this stuff. It's like, ooh, it's hard, but man, like, it really forces you to think. And it actually, in in so doing, actually changes the way you think. And I've found that now, like when I'm even reading this, just having read on Being in Essence, it's like, it's not because of the categories or anything, it's just the way he's thinking. It's just helping me think better.
0: Naming the reality God made truly. Yep. I have a question for you: Are there processions in God?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, so you're jumping right in. All right. So whether
0: um, there is procession in God, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I have well, an objection. For I have three objections though before I before I let you answer.
1: He just came up with those. Sounds like others.
0: this is an outward movement of God, but God doesn't change. Um, and also, if if God forgets something else, isn't it like a different thing? <laughs> I, mean, cause I, I don't really remember that god's simple the and is my the third of the night. <laughs> my third objection oh, to you
1: before you is answer there, are there possessions in god what have i been teaching all these years um, uh, it seems to yes. be against
0: the nature of the first principle um <laughs> so anyways is there anything that you would could answer to that in any well i of...
1: did come up i knew you were gonna ask these i just had this <laughs> weird spidey sense in the middle of the night right. when i was like hey, Think Wyatt must be thinking about this. There must be an answer, and so, anyway, for, for example. <laughs> so, um, yes, um, no, but these are important. It's weird, right? Like that he starts in this way. Like, so I was, I was reading, um, this, uh, by Thomas Joseph White, the big, um, book on the Trinity, he's a Baptist knows,
0: uh, pastor, right?
1: Yeah, he's a Baptist pastor, yeah, and uh, he only plays rock and roll, not bluegrass. Mm. Um, it's interesting when he talks about this and how he, he kind of relates the order of how he treats the oneness of God to the order with how he treats um, the, uh, the, the threeness of God. And so how Thomas, he, he notes how like Thomas starts with divine simplicity when he gets into like the names of God or the attributes. And now he's starting with this, like um, the relations of, uh, of processions in God. Right. And these are like two things that are like almost like most fundamental to understand so you have to get the simplicity down to be able to understand the other divine names. You have to get the relations uh, uh, down, uh, processions down in order to be able to understand the rest of what's going on. So there's like this kind of weird methodological correspondence between between like what, what he's doing with simplicity and what he's doing right. With, uh, and it's also uh, an
0: interesting, like, there's an sure. order of teaching how you present yeah. something versus an order uh, of how you experience in life. Like we, we know the person's first, father, son, spirit. And then you ask, oh, what about their names? Like, well, the father's related to the son just because the name father means they're related to a son, right? Yeah. Like, and the son's related to the, like it's pretty straightforward. Okay, but like, what's a relation? Well, it's kind of a procession. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So there's, depends, like you encounter a person first, but in the order of teaching, which he's doing, I think he Let's even see. discusses this. It's, it's, you go this order.
1: It's, it's interesting because like just thinking again of on being in essence like he says he gives a method in his prologue to on being in essence and you can almost see me he's like doing the same thing here he says um uh he says since we ought to acquire knowledge of simple things from composite ones so you know simplicity through composites and come to know as prior from what is posterior we advance in learning more readily when we begin with what is easier and thus we should can first consider the significance of being then proceed from there, the significance of essence. So that's what he's doing in that text. But he's basically saying, like, your best method is go from what's easy to more complex, right? Once you get the easy stuff down, the more complex it becomes easier to understand. And so it's kind of like you can kind of see him doing similar things here. But anyway, so to your question, right? Um, he, you know, asking the question whether there is procession in God in the first article of question 27. Um, he answers it by noting um, that we can use these names, right? That signify per, per, uh, procession, and it, but the the names that we use have been variously misunderstood. And he goes right into the Trinitarian heresies and the Christological heresies, right? By looking at the two ways of making an error when it comes to processions, both of which are actually the same error but taken in different directions. One is the yeah. error of Arius and the other one is the error of the Sibelians or the the modalists who both basically assume that like procession requires almost like a cause effect relationship from something interior to something exterior. And so I was like it was hitting me. It was like, Oh, they're actually screwing up processions and missions and thinking that the processions are the missions, in the, you know, in exactly the same way, not being able to understand neither the Arians nor the Sibelians are able to understand. And when we're talking about processions. We're not talking about something coming out from God. We're actually something. It's something that's immaterial, intellectual, and it's within God Himself, you know, eternally. And um, so, even though they're making kind of the same sort of error and thinking it's like this cause-effect thing, but they're they're doing it differently. Whereas, like the Arians are making, you know, the Son as an effect of the Father, and as as if there's a distinction between the two. And so, whereas the spellings are collapsing them into each other, collapsing. right? The father and the son become one because you can't have cause and effect, right? So, so I have a
0: feeling someone who just heard this explanation is like, what are processions and missions? So yeah. missions refer, it's a Latin word, missio means to send. So whenever the Bible says, My, the father has sent me into the world or whatever, or Galatians 4 says, God at the fullness of time sent his only son, born of a woman, etc., The word send is the biblical word missio or missions. Processions is the word, it's also a biblical word that uh refers to um like when the when uh, the 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 spirit uh when Jesus says the spirit proceeds from the father and myself mm-hmm. or when when I guess actually John 8:42 from God I proceeded that is the verse that Aquinas cites. So to proceed and to send at least according to Aquinas and according to most Christians usually referred to two things. One is the inner life of God and one is the the life of God that we experience in time and a place, usually called add extra in contrast to add intra, intra meaning internal to God, extra meaning external to him or the created order. There's a bit more to it than that, but just to have those categories well, down as you're speaking.
1: The one, the one, the, the bit more to it um, to note too, is that they correspond to each other. And yes, we can, um, we can yeah. know that as he was saying in you know, on being in essence, where you move from like you know, you can understand simple things by understanding composites first. Here, it's kind of the same as so that you can actually know them processions yeah. by missions, right? You can yes. understand that way. And it's missions
0: extend processions into time and place, right? So, the reason why the father sends a son is because the son was eternally begotten, yeah, exactly. There's you know. You could, in a
1: sense, say it vice versa. The way we know that the Son, or the way we know that the Son eternally proceeds from the Father is because He's begotten of the Father in time. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, cool that like He takes on the Arians and uh and the Sabellians. Both are effectively denying processions that are in God. The Arians think it's like effect from a cause, um, whereas uh, the Sabellians it's cause to effect, um and so they they botch it. And so what He says then at um, so we have um, we're not because we're not using the Peter Kreef, which is probably worth noting because Kreef doesn't deal with uh, this in in the abridgment that we've been using. So right. we've moved to the um, to the to the full translate like five volume translation here. So I'm I'm so I can't. It's going to be hard to note page numbers. So, but...
0: and also so Arius is known for saying that the sun is
1: a lower level of God.
0: Yeah, not, God,
1: not, not unsubstantial with the Father.
0: Not not of the same nature as God, the, the true God. And he had a sort of lower God form. He's a creator of some sort. Where Sabellius is known for saying that there are three persons without distinction. They're just the one God without any distinct, like there's no real relation between the Father and the Son. They're just different names for the same one God. Yeah. More or less. I'm sure that he nuanced it better than I would have, but I mean, both of those are viewed as heretical because Arius makes the son less than the father by nature, so therefore less than the true God. Sibelius denies the threeness of God for the sake of the unity of God.
1: Yeah. What's What's interesting is that he, he in question 27, like what he does then in order to answer the two errors that are happening with the Arians and the Sibelians is to note that like God's a, God's a, like he's a he's an intellect like he he's a if you want to put it as like an intellectual substance he's not a material substance, and so he's an intellectual substance meaning that things happen right even within our own created intellects and the, the, and what he's doing here too is he's being careful right like if you remember from question thirteen when he's laying out what an analogical language must mean about God so now he's kind of doing this by way of analogy. In a sense, like kind of like Augustine does in on the Trinity, where he's making like a psychological analogy, quite literally, right? Like with an analogy within the human soul.
0: Where between... psychology in this case means the soul from the yep. Greek word. Is it Tsukos? Is that the tzuchikos. Greek word? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Tsukikos, isn't it? Or, tzuchikos. Well, tzuchikos. there's, yeah. Yeah. Pneuma is, yeah, yes.
1: Yeah, um were you, were you doing a compare, were you, did you in your mind just now go between the two Greek words in first Corinthians between the natural, yeah. Man, the suka, natural suka, man? Yeah, it was a suka. psuche, suka yeah, what whatever the numetikioi and then the, yeah, what, yeah. I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> that's funny. Um,
0: but anyway, the actual,
1: <clears throat> so, so he's seeing here, right. That like there's a correspondence within our souls, right. Which is still an immaterial and intellectual substance that corresponds analogously to god and so what we could say about us right is that like i can have i have processions within my own self with the way that i think right and so and that doesn't get any way exteriorized um until like something happens right so you almost have like a processions, missions, right? I, I, my mission might be like signifying with words, what I've already thought in my head. And so there's relations going on interior to me. And we can kind of make, make an analogy then to to God in the same sense. So Uh, so your
0: mind might conjure an image of water. It's an internal procession. And then when you grab a cup, you've externalized that. That's the the mission you want to say. Like, I know that's an analogy, but like, that's the kind of idea.
1: It works, so, you know, no, so he says, like, right after he gives that quote from John 519, the son cannot of himself mm-hmm. do anything. So then just after that, he says, careful examination shows that both of these opinions, namely of the Arians and the Sabellians, take procession as meaning an outward act. So he said that's their problem, right? They think that the processions are exterior to God. Hence, neither of them affirms procession as existing in God himself. Whereas since procession always supposes action, right? So like, as we were just saying, so processions suppose some sort of action and there's an outward procession corresponding to the act tending to external matter. So there must be an inward procession corresponding to the act remaining within the agent, right? So whether it was you going to grab that cup.
0: Would outward procession be a mission for him? Is that what he's, what does that
1: mean? I think so. That's how I'm taking it. Can I say something before I lose
0: it? Just, um... Aquinas is accused of saying God is this inert, inactive being, but he defines the very nature of God as all, he yes. says always active.
1: As soon as you understand that being is an action,
0: right? It's like he's—it's not- an intellectual action, and we're not used to that because we don't think of yeah. dola stuff.
1: But, but his what being saying? is
0: life, like that's the crazy thing.
1: It's actually life, like the, and these life overflowing,
0: which is the yeah, creation and and new
1: creation. Like um, John but Webster, is in interior life too. Like that's what's that's what these things are. And it's like he can't be like Parmenides, static being that can't be approached and can't be known or spoken to or anything like that. It's like it's the it's the fullness of life, <laughs> you know.
0: I think it's John John Webster. I think he defines deity as the overflowing life of God, something like that. Yes. And but that life is defined as the Father always generating the Son and the Spirit, and there's this overflow of, of life in them, which in time is extended to the creation of the world, to the send like all the prophets, etc., the sending of the Son, heaven, new creation, all that kind of stuff. So I you know I think forever God will be extending new life to us. There's always going to be something more exciting over the horizon.
1: Well, we'll always be eternally participating in it because we'll be in the sun. We are in the sun. And that, that, that's the crazy thing, right? As I tell my students, this, I'm like, eternal life, like God gives us eternal life. It's not just that, oh, I, in my life, now get to live forever eternally. It's I actually enter into the quality of divine life that God has in and of himself eternally. And I get to access that through the sun. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, like a, it's like a qualitatively different type of life. But
0: union with Christ is entirely legal.
1: Sorry. Sorry. Uh, you're a good Protestant I don't <laughs> but yeah Sorry. I think so. I back to you really quite I think the outward inward processions to processions and missions and things like that um then he'll go on to say he says this applies most conspicuously to the intellect the action of which remains in the intelligent agent so when you think of something that doesn't come out of you unless you do something right like you can just sit and have thoughts interior to your own intellect uh and right. so that's a procession in us right he says for whenever we understand by the very fact of understanding there proceeds something within us which is a conception right so conception here which again this is kind of blowing my mind as I think of the word conception we conceive of things in our minds right which is the Concept. word
0: to give birth if you're but it's also the
1: word to give birth <laughs> or uh, sorry I get
0: to get pregnant right not give birth
1: well to conceive of something yeah you're right yeah. but um but same idea like, like bringing forth life like it was like wow like uh just so now I
0: can finally tell my wife I know how she feels. <laughs> I'm
1: always conceiving and then birthing thoughts as I speak them.
0: And so there's now now we're on equal playing field. Thank you, you for you this video conversation. yourself
1: telling her that and we'll just see how that <laughs> anyway,
0: I know exactly how you feel. I'm, I'm always thinking about cool stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like giving birth. It's just uh, like... Just, uh, so he says um, so he says, Whenever we understand, by the very act of understanding, there proceeds something within us, which is a conception of the object understood, a, conce- a conception issuing from our intellectual power and proceeding from our knowledge of that object. This concept, and this was great, I actually like italicized or uh, put a little asterisk beside it. This conception is signified by the spoken word. And this is where he's going with it, man. Like spoken word. Hmm. I wonder how that'll relate in the persons of the Trinity, <laughs> you know? Ooh, he knows. says, it is called, listen to this, the word of the heart signified by the word of the voice. Coming from like the very heart, right? As God is about uh, then. Uh, okay, let's keep moving here. Um so talking about bodies. Oh, is it the, the well? I was going to say at the bottom of the page here. right I don't know if it, what page number are you on right now.
0: One fifty-four.
1: Shoot, yeah. So mine's different. But um, um,
0: I, right, right above that summary paragraph that maybe we can skip is just saying like God doesn't have flesh and blood, so He's not like a cow when He begets right. the Word.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. So not bodily, He's not got a material body or anything like that. And so he says, then uh, it is to be understood, procession is to be understood by way of intelligible emanation, which is yeah. really cool. Right. From uh, not. And I don't I can't imagine this is emanation in a Neoplatonic sense. It's interior to God. Uh, so intelligible emanation of the intelligible word, which proceeds from the speaker, yet remains in him. Right. So we even have this intelligible emanation within us. Uh, in that sense, right. the Catholic faith understands uh, procession is existing in God. So this well, is why God I- actually has processions within him.
0: I know it's obvious from English. I was looking at the Latin. It's the same thing. But it's intelligible word. It's like the emanation. It's it's the. Um, I don't even think he actually. Oh, no, he does. Never mind. He uses emanation. But uh, intelligible just means that's the nature of God. Yeah. Right. It's not. Anyways.
1: Well, even within us, it's intelligible. Like, it's yep. it's something that we're doing interior in our own intellects. Okay. Wait. Emanation.
0: It is. I it is. It's just that word. I was.
1: That's weird. It doesn't even come up anywhere in here. It's, it's
0: the Latin. It's the Latin is the same. It's a uh, Emanationum. Sed secundum Emanationum.
1: Yeah, anyway.
0: Okay, gonna... okay uh, but the this is really interesting. Oh, here, so I, I was looking at the wrong thing. Okay, I found it. It's it's worth just um pausing for a second and thinking about the errors of Sabellius and Arius, which is in essence to say that the processions of God which we'll find are essentially like the relations of father and son and the persons. Um, a lot of times they'll want to discount this because it sounds too odd and they will want to um, imitize things to say, well, the father and the son are related because the son always obeys or something like that. There's a sense in which they're making the same error without the disastrous consequences probably Hopefully. of Sebelius and Arius. They're, they're taking a sort of external procession. And assuming that is the internal procession, yep. but that at least in church history has always led to the subordination of the son and, or the conflation of the uh, the persons, which would be Sibelius. Now I'm not saying that always has to happen, but the warning is there. And it's important in particular, when you think of things like this eternal relations of authority and submission, or some of the Doug Wilson stuff that he's been talking about, I know he's tried to like nuance bro it, but his nuance brewing it has not
1: been successful. Um, he needs to nuance. He needs to know how to do nuance a little bit better, I think. But uh, yeah,
0: and I like I said, you believe in Jesus, you're in heaven. This isn't like. So I'm not trying to say you can you, you can be wrong on some minor. But the problem is, heretics will use that minor inconsistency it in order it to prove their evil doctrine that will deny Christ. That's well, why mean, it's important. Not that he, Doug Wilson d- would do that personally, but others will use his wrong theology to do that.
1: He gets like right in like he talks so much about order relations, right? And it's like all any kind of order that happens that Thomas is gonna note here is all relations of origin. Right. That's it. And he but like man, he explains why that's the case so well. So in good. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't wanna go that, I don't wanna jump to that yet, but like, man, like it was just like works like this stupid thing like, well he um, says, says I, all, all processions
0: thing. he has some some phrase all processions are related. No, maybe it's all all relations are relations of, of origin he has something like that it's a really, really clear we'll probably we, i don't think we'll get to that today, but we'll get to it at one yeah, point we've been going for a Let, while let's go to, let's go to article two we it. could I say more but
1: yet <laughs> let's do article two.
0: Okay. Q twenty seven.
1: Let's just do. Why don't we just do? Yeah. Let's just do Q twenty seven and just leave it at that.
0: We probably will. Yeah. But I think we can, in a sense, what we could do, we can group them like this in the future, and then we'll just talk about what's it's interesting us. in those groups, and then we yeah. might say, well, we do a second one because we're, it's in my mind, this is the the mystery of Christianity. So I kind of feel like we're like, sure. going to go slow. <laughs> like I don't we're mind in, doing this over two weeks or three we're weeks. Think a
1: bit here for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and in my the, the the trouble for me is because you and I know the stuff. It's in we like to start in processions, but I kind of almost feel like for people who are unfamiliar, they want to start in persons, the names, father, son, spirit. So we'll, I think we'll have to like, just remember that as we're talking to like clarify over and over, but yeah. we'll get there.
1: And you can see like the way he's is methodological, like ordering right. of, of this whole discussion. It's, it's like, definitely it makes
0: logical. Sense. It's just not yeah. always.
1: But it's like, it's so important to get the processions and relations down before you define what a person right. is. Because once you understand that, you're not going to get screwed up with like thinking that a person is like the same as a human being, right? Like a right. person in the sense that I'm a person. And so like, you can see that like, okay, getting relations and, and processions down is so important before you get to it, these other It
0: really is. I have a second question for you. Are there any processions <laughs> in God uh, that can be called generation? The reason yeah. I ask, <laughs> I have a few objections. Uh, generation <laughs> involves change from non-being to being, but the sun is eternal. So it doesn't make sense. And a procession uh, exists in God according to an intelligible mode, but a procession is not called generation in us. So we don't generate thoughts per se. And then third, um, there's a derivation between generated and generator. And uh, yeah, that could be God. Well,
1: it's funny. It's like these three, like when you read these, like knowing already what we kind of know from Thomas and how he, and how to read and all that kind of read theology. Like those three objections kind of make sense, right? Like, right. like you're reading it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, right." There is no change in God. So if no generation, generation is God. change. If change, if generation means like when we think of it, right? Like bringing a right. baby into the world or like something like that. It's like you know, generation is change from non-existence to existence. Well, God's always he is his own existence, yeah. right? We've established that God's simplicity means He is His own existence. So huh? therefore, there can't just generation. like in
0: processions where John eight forty two, Jesus said, um, "I proceed from the Father." Psalm 2 7 says,
1: Today I've begotten thee. Or, uh, that's well, where it is. Did you find that interesting? Because, like, yeah. like, the text that he uses for his proof text in the said contras are one, not ones I would always jump to off the bat, but you're like, Yeah, Psalm 2 7, this day I've begotten thee. And that whole right. psalm is like a, it's like a messianic psalm, it's about Christ. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, and what's interesting yeah, about this text.
0: I can't remember if this is Thomas saying this or wherever I read it, but I think it might have been Thomas who said something to the effect of, if I didn't have scripture, I probably wouldn't have articulated things like generation and processions this way, but because I do have the Bible, I have to. Yeah. I can't remember if that's in some of his other, I just, it's in my brain somewhere. So I can't even tell you where it's from. He might
1: have but even think, said that somewhere in these readings. That sounds familiar. Yeah.
0: But I think it's important to realize, even though he's using the language of philosophy and science to explain theology, he still understands that sacred doctrine is, in his language, the incontrovertible proof proof of faith. And yeah. it's revealed. Whereas other um, things like doctors of the church or uh, church fathers and uh, philosophy are probable sources, they give probability. But the Bible or revelation gives incontrovertible proof of a, a piece of, of faith. Yeah, so that's what just,
1: he that's what he outlines right in the very first question. Yeah, I can't remember is that question right? three or two or whatever it is. Yeah, it's right in the very beginning. Right, right in the like, beginning. Basically like if this was just left, to, you could only know God from natural knowledge. Only the philosophers would know, and even then, there'd be tons of mixtures of error. But when yeah. divine revelation comes from sacred scripture, it would only be probable. Even if they got it right, like
0: that's the whole point. Like I think, as I think about now, even if they get it right, he says, and some maybe do, like just let's just say that for this for the, for the sake of argument, it's still only probable. So if you have a thousand opinions. I'll yeah. never know which of the thousand are the are the correct one because they're
1: all plausible.
0: And that's why I need revelation. So you know
1: yeah. it just gives you the certainty. It's it embedded the certainty within the revelation itself. Um, yeah, but I mean, even like the second objection to, to whether there could be generation in God, right? Is that while well, he's just made the psychological analogy within us in the previous article. But and not so will yet,
0: it. right? He's yeah, he's
1: still on logos. Yeah, he's not at will yet, but he's basically saying in the second one, he's like, Okay, if there's procession exists in God um well and we've drawn a psychological analogy we don't call the way that the intellect has its own interior processions we don't call that generation so if it's the same in us if as he's done in the first article Mm, that's a good point you know then it's like well then it can't be generation in god because it's not generation in us and then in the third one um what does he say anything that's generated derives existence from its generator therefore such existence is a derived existence but no derived existence can be a self subsistence, uh, which is what God is. So therefore, since the divine existence is self subsisting, self subsisting, self subsisting it follows that no generated existence can be the divine existence. So you're like, oh, like all that just like makes sense on one level, you know, um, and they're, they're all common
0: wrong. sense objections. Um, as if, if you know the language. You know, yeah, and if you
1: know what Thomas has been doing and what he's been saying, right. you're like, I'm tracking with you, man. Yeah, this should be the case, right? And he's like, nope, sucker, Psalm 2. <laughs> and
0: then he has to oh, kind of explain it would be. the, uh, yeah, you got me, good. So the procession of the word is called generation because the Bible used that language. Um, and then he says, in proof of this, we must observe that generation has a twofold meaning. One's common and everything's subject to generation and corruption and so on this is in another sense it is proper and belongs to living things in which it signifies the origin of a living being from a conjoined living principle and this is
1: properly called birth yeah um so he, this it's is like he's laying out two options for what generation right. can be one of which does not apply to god and one of which does or, or d- d- apply to the the first and second person of trinity There's a procession
0: uh, by way of likeness
1: yeah so and, like uh, the, the first the first one um of of uh, everything subject to generation and corruption obviously that can't be the case with god because he's not subject to that so the other one has to be in relation to and i like the language there that he talks about with like from a conjoined living principle i think that's going to be important right because a principle is like that source from which something comes forth from and so but like he uses the language of conjoined living principle that's going to explain like the eternal relations so that the son is conjoined and gets derives life from the father as principle and so okay. in a sense then you can call it a generation or a birth um but it's it go it will go back to the language of the creeds where we talk about the son as being eternally begotten or eternally we could say birthed from the father
0: so if i'm reading him
1: correctly at the And end he gives some end. gross illustrations here from with like he illustrates it both from hair. of course uh, one of them was hair right after and then <laughs> another one which is hilarious and i was like uh, this is his science gone wonky um, <laughs> No, but, but if you get to the end,
0: if I'm right, so it says by way of likeness, because the conception of the intellect is a likeness of the thing understood. But if God understands himself, he conceives himself. Yeah. I think so and exists in the same nature, because in God, the act of understanding and his being are the same. So God's simple, right? We've established yeah. this essence and existence of this. Wait a minute. Is that why essence and existence are? Am I thinking wait, hold on, my brain just broke. So in God, essence and existence are one. Yeah. One. But if he simple of himself, which is the word,
1: yeah. It's necessary. Right, what do you use? Existence. What do you use when you're thinking, right? Is you're using your reason, which is so Does
0: his word necessarily exist because of that union of essence and x ex- is existence? Is that what is that part of what's happening? I never have thought about that before. Is that true? That Wait, say it, it again. Say
1: it again. Say it
0: again. <laughs> is the reason why the word necessarily exists in God is because there's no distinction between essence and existence. So if God conceives of the word, it must exist in Himself. Is that part okay. of what he's saying? I don't know if that. Okay. I just it popped I don't know into my mind. I don't know if okay. Never mind then. Um, uh, and he goes on to say, and exists in the same nature because in God the act of understanding and His being are the same. Yeah. Shown above. So he is, yeah. So his
1: active understanding, there's, it's not like his right. active understanding is different than something in him because I would imply parts. So yeah, his right. active understanding is just his own essence. Um, so if
0: he, if he can, if his being, if he conceives of his word, anyways, I just, I try to understand his, the, the yeah. word picture. I mean, I get what he's saying at a blunt level, but I'm wondering if there's a bit more to it because he's always drawing back to his earlier positions. Yeah.
1: But what he's doing here is he's showing like of these two ways of understanding what generation can be, it's not going to be the first, it's going to be the second way that's going to apply to the son, The one that we refer to as birth, he's going to give this gross illustration of a hair because a hair comes forth from us, but not in terms of like, by way of similitude is what he's saying. So like, if you look at like a horse begetting a foal, then there's there's a, there's, a, there's an, an order of similitude there. Um, so it makes sense. Right. So when, so when we think of like, but he's just established. Just, the it's son proceeding birth. from the father, it's a procession, but it's a procession of similitude, much in the same way that like birth would be or generation would be. And Which so that, that also is...
0: when people talk about the image of God and they're really pressing for a one to one physical parallel between God and us, like the body, can be really careful because the father did not sire a son mm-hmm. bodily
1: and then right.
0: birth the son bodily like a horse.
1: But he's going to note this similitude, like the similitude, similitude yes. to maintain its order, right? So, like, a horse can't give birth to a fish. A horse gives horse birth to another horse. And oh, horse likewise, and the horse. eternal generation of the sun is also Unless a similitude, a horse. meaning that he's got the same deity, the right? This is the wonderful Mr. Ed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have
0: really good background comments. Just if anyone's listening to this episode, just Creed. A, just adding so much horse
1: to horse. the. Uh, to I the add. Poem. A
0: D H D to this. To <laughs> okay, it's
1: normally me that's doing it, so I feel I, I feel totally great. um <laughs> he says if there is a being, it's funny here. He's like, if but if there is a being whose life does not proceed from potentiality to act, so like, hmm, who could that being be? <laughs> right? I he said obviously God. Uh procession, if found in such a being, excludes entirety, entirely the first kind of generation that he noted at the beginning. Whereas it must have that kind of generation, which belongs to living things, right? So the earlier type of generation would be something that's immaterial. So like you could note, like, you know, uh, fire can go under, undergo a change. It is potential, or wood can undergo change into fires. So it's right. got that potentiality, but it's non-living. Um, so he says, so in this manner, the procession of the word is in is generation, for he proceeds by way of intelligible action. And I love this, which is a vital operation from a conjoined principle. So, by way of similitude, inasmuch as the concept of the intellect is a likeness of the object conceived, and exists in the same nature, because in God the act of understanding and His existence are the same. So, hence, the procession of the Word in God is called generation, and the Word Himself proceeding is called the Son. I and mean, it's so cool, right? Like he's just like he's just totally laid this out in such a way where you read it, go, like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, and then he gives that, the
0: example from Scripture on wisdom, citing Proverbs eight twenty four.
1: Yeah, but what he's going to do here is that he's locating it all intellectually, right? Like he hasn't brought up the will yet at all. So everything no, is he all will intellect.
0: soon, right? In the next he few will
1: when he moves to the person of the Trinity. All right, sorry. When he moves to the person of the Spirit, uh, uh, the of person of the, the Trinity. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> But no, what he's doing here Ooh, is my he's staying a, 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 entirely at the level of like of the intellect. Right. And and um, because that's going to correspond to the person of the sun right. who is. And so he's like looking at the way that like you can speak of like this procession as a generation, which relates to birth, which then will relate as right to the sun. And then he's going to say when he gets to the spirit, he's like, does this same principle apply with the spirit? Can you call the procession of the spirit generation? And he's going to say, no, you cannot because that doesn't relate to intellect it's going to relate to will and will relates to love which will then bring us to the person of the spirit yeah, it's you know, worth like, reflecting oh, that he's man, this is so cool
0: he's looking at how the Bible reveals the Son and the spirit and realize that the Son is revealed as the word as wisdom all that kind of stuff that is more of an uh more relates to our thinking stuff like a word as an internal word or external word where the the spirit is often associated with the love of God shed abroad in our hearts sealing us all these activities and that makes more sense with our choosing faculty, the will. So he, he's trying to he's trying to show how the Bible uses human categories of of mind and will, or intellect and will, to reveal the Son and the Spirit, and then he's reflecting backwards onto how this actually fits together. And that's kind of what processions are, if you think
1: of it that way. Yeah. Whereas, what's, yeah, so he gets to it in in um, question twenty seven, article four. So that's got to right. be. Right, what did we just do? Article three. Two.
0: We're going real fast. Let's do
1: three. Let's do three and four real quick. Although it's hard to do them too quick. Uh, uh, Okay, the third one. Let's do the third one. The third one's quick. Like he's basically saying, okay, we've established that there can be a procession in God, father to son, um, in that intelligible, intellectual kind of way. Right. So So then the question is, well, can there be another procession? Or right, many. Not Father and son or many, right? Or like um, only two or too many. You know, what I just um,
0: noticed again, no. John 15, 26, 14, 16. He has to four processions. He has to quote Bible verses because it's according to his principle that the Bible or revelation alone reveals the Trinity. Basically, yeah. I think he does. I mean, it, he does it because it's true, but <laughs> he does it. Which that's is why he said like the same thing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. He says it because it's true. He says it because it's scriptural. Right. What's the difference? <laughs> you know, so there are two um,
0: processions and gaudy answers.
1: So we know there's two, right? Um, and so we're and then, but so and and why this is where the this is where the psychological analogy is going to help, right? Because we aren't, God isn't, and human souls aren't merely intellect, or even angels aren't merely intellect, right? In, like right. we're we're intellectual in meaning that we're spiritual, but we have two powers, intellect and will. And so just so he's like, I've established from the from intellect in God yeah. that there is a procession, right, which was called the Logos, which is the sun. And then because there's will in God, right. therefore, there's a corresponding procession, which will then lead immediately into the person of the spirit.
0: I, I love reply to objection one, because it seems like he, it's like some like a uh, freshman asks a question and then his answer is. There is no need to go on into infinity in the divine processions for the procession which is accomplished within the agent in an intellectual nature terminates in the procession of the will period yeah <laughs>
1: it's like well what he's he's arguing because <laughs> the objection one is an, is it basically a call of, is basically an accusation of an infinite regress right right so procession
0: uh, so there could be many God persons right. Of God.
1: Yeah. So it's like, for whatever reason we admit, and this is the objection, whatever uh, reason we admit another procession, we should be led to yet admit yet another and so on to an infinitude. So he's like, if we go beyond just these two, then what's going to stop us from going on into infinity? And he's like, listen, boys, don't worry. There is no infinite regress. (laughs) Why? Because the first procession, the procession of the sun terminates in the intellect. The second procession is the procession of the spirit that terminates at the will. And that's all there is in God. In terms of powers right like not not like there's anything distinguished substantially like that way but like so because god has intellect there can be one procession because he has will there could be a second one because he doesn't have anything beyond that there can't be more processions
0: his second reply uh reply to objection two is like again economically brilliant like economy of words he says all that exists in god is god yep but the same does not apply to others therefore the divine nature is communicated by every procession which is not outward, like a mission or whatever. Yeah. And this does not apply to other natures. So it's important to say that, you know, if God creates us, we're not God, God, <laughs> like we're not God himself. Right. Because we're, you know, anyways, it's just a fascinating answer to that.
1: I love what he, like, I actually wrote in the margin here, like the word beautiful, because just when I was reading his, I answer that it was just so like, it was just hitting me like really like, this is amazing like he says and i answer that for for article three there are two processions in god the procession of the word and another i like how he doesn't tell us what it is right it's just another one he says (laughs) in it like like he's wetting our appetites well who's it gonna be He says, that in evidence whereof we must observe that procession exists in god only according to an action which does not tend to anything external but remains in the agent itself such action in an intellectual nature is that of the intellect and of the will Right. So this is where he's saying it's just these two. Uh, the procession of the word is by way of an intelligible operation. The operation of the will, and this is where it really gets pretty beautiful. The operation of the will within ourselves involves also another procession, that of love, whereby the object loved is in the lover. As by the conception of the word, the object spoken of or understood is in the inte- intelligent agent. Right. So it's like cool. It's like, okay, I'm thinking of I've got a pen in my hand here and I'm looking at it. And my mind now is, is is done an act of abstraction where it abstracts the idea of the pen the pen itself can't physically go into my mind but the idea the form of it actually comes into my mind and so he's like and likewise likewise so it happens with the will that there's the same correspondence where it's almost like an abstraction and he says um he says uh, where is it here that of the, uh so the operation of the will within our in ourselves involves also another procession, that of love, whereby the object love is in the lover. As by the conception of the word, the object spoken of or understood is in the intelligent agent. Hence, besides the procession of the word in God, there exists in him another procession, which is interior. It's imminent, right? right. Called the procession of love. So just like interior in our thinking, the object is there. So too, is the object of our what is loved interior to us and you can see then that it's going to set up the distinctions between the persons where they're not looking outside of themselves either to know something that comes in or to love something that comes in it's all interior to the three persons of the trinity you're like dang dude like this is just like this is i hate using this language this is fire man <laughs> dude
0: radical <laughs>
1: Uh, and then uh, and he gives the uh, distinction of order then, too, here, right? Where, um, where is it? Uh, in, in reply right. to objection three, um, what, did it, what did objection three say again? Uh, if any other procession but an intelligible procession of the word existed in God, it could only be the procession of love, which is by operation of the will. But such a procession is identified with the intelligible procession of the intellect inasmuch as the will in God is the same as his intellect. And then he's going to reply to them, and he's going to go into the distinct the order and this is all you can see him just laying out this groundwork here. You don't catch it right off the bat. You see what he's doing. He's like, though, will. This is reply to objection three. Though will and intellect are not diverse in God, so you can't separate them, right? Because he's simple. Complexity. Nevertheless, the nature of will and intellect requires the processions belonging to each uh, each of them to exist in a certain order. For the person, this is where it's so important not to skip his objections and, and the reply to objections, because he says stuff in there you don't always catch. He said, for the procession of love occurs in due order as regards the procession of the word, since nothing can be loved by the will unless it is conceived in the intellect. So I, I never caught this before. This was blowing my mind. It was like, oh, so this is where the order of divine, uh, this, this this is going to fly in the face of the whole um, uh, submission and authority ordering here, right? And it's also in my mind, and I want to talk to somebody about this who it lives in this world knows it better than i or you um oh you know better than me but um
0: yeah.
1: right intellectualism is 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 so important over voluntarism could you imagine if voluntarism was true he couldn't make this appeal to these orders within god cuz what is he saying here this explain and this is the filioque way. i right. I was like dang man like so basically the father right you know his 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 generating of the son and then the father and the son or to, re- or to reverse
0: the order, because the Bible reveals the Father sending the Son and the Spirit from both, there must needs be an intellectual order. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a different... So the like, intellect is primary
1: over the will, right. not, but not only primary over the will. It actually informs the will to help it know the good, to know what it then is supposed to pursue in terms of love. So, if if the will was primary to the intellect, either in God or in us that would have to mean then the spirit is primary and gives forth the sun. Like I could be wrong here, but like, that's what it seems like it's saying. Right. So like, so think about it again, right. In terms of the primacy of the intellect to the will and how the intellect informs the will. So the will can then do what it's supposed to do. He says, you know, reply to objection three, starting over again, he says, the will and intellect are not diverse, not separable because he's simple. Nevertheless, the nature of will and intellect requires the procession's belonging to exist in a certain order. Right? For the procession of love occurs in due order as regards the procession of the word. Since nothing can be loved by the will unless it is conceived in the intellect, I can't love my wife if I don't know her. Um, so there exists a certain order of the word in the principle whence he proceeds, although in God the substance of the intellect and its concept are the same, because he's simple. So, although in God the will and the intellect are the same, still, inasmuch as love requires by its very nature that it proceed only from a concept of the intellect, there is a distinction of order between the procession of love and the procession of the word in God. So right. he's just showing that the way the soul is ordered, the way God himself is ordered in terms of intellect and will explains then if the, if the, if the logos or the word mm-hmm. of the son and the spirit correspond to those, then they have to have that order. I'm like, Oh, okay. That and this sense.
0: distinction of order is going to show that there are, there is also a real distinction between the father, son, and spirit. in yep. God a real relation rather well i guess both but you know what i mean a real relation yeah, is, is the totally. one he'll, he'll build up rather than the, the sabellian error which in at one essence it is not just making processions external but a sort of evacuating the the ad intra relations of god of any will or intellectual analogy or yeah. similitude
1: to the it things a, it that god comb- has created it, it almost leads into pantheism It seems like maybe I'm wrong here too. I need to think about this a little bit more, but it's like everything gets collapsed into each other. Pantheism that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) That's the biggest insider joke humanly possible.
1: A freaking good one.
0: I, for those listening, I may have just oh, have good. a book beside me with a picture of an 18th century American theologian, the, the greatest American theologian, so called. I moved it across the screen. Okay.
1: um Well, there's five articles. to Do I thought there was four? I there's think we five. should.
0: We've been going for like an hour and forty minutes. I think we've gone for a long. Let's stop. Because we, like, we're about to get the spirit. Let's get this. Let's do the spirit next time, and then I think the relations will be a bit faster. Yeah and i doubt we'll get to person's oh, but dude
1: time. this stuff was so good this is where he was like getting into like this is why you can't call the order the 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 procession of the spirit generation it has to be spiration but anyway we could do that next that's all good
0: i just think if we start here we're going to rush but i actually think sure. i don't mind going slow on these articles a little bit i mean i, I, I want to go kind of fast but they're like just awesome yeah so good <laughs> so okay let's stop and then whatever on thursday we can do a. Uh, We can do the procession of love, which which we'll find is basically the Holy Spirit.